coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. We've invested heavily into our own technology that uses machine learning, artificial intelligence to screen literally millions of data points daily on, uh, you know, from annual reports, news blips, you know, you name it, to identify, you know, both positive and negative items related to environmental, social, and governance issues with a particular emphasis on a faith-based approach. So, you know, we have negative screens for things like abortion, pornography, human trafficking, et cetera, as we all, we all have also have positive screens. So how well a company is stewarding the environment, how well they're treating their employees, you know, are they giving back to their communities? What's their corporate governance like? And it boils down to what we call the Inspire Impact Score. Welcome to the show, I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Robert Netsley, who is the CEO of Inspire Investing. If you have any stocks or funds that you invest in or any type of companies that you are invested in, do you know how they're using your money? Do you have strong beliefs behind how your money is being used? Are you adamantly against certain types of industries or or experiments or whatever it may be? Robert came across this idea or, or started to think like this uh, about 10 years ago or so when he asked himself that very question. Robert was actually in the finance industry and helping people place their money in various different funds and different investments. And he realized, he asked himself the question, you know, where, where, are, where is all of my money being utilized at? What is it that I'm investing in? And he started doing research into exactly what was his money being used for. And unfortunately, some of the things that he was investing in were things that he could not support, that he adamantly disagreed with. So Robert set out to fix that and actually, in true entrepreneurial spirit, he just basically set out on his own, didn't really necessarily have a plan or anything. But Robert is very, very religious, and he has a very, very strong faith that he would be able to make it, and he would be able to see this through. And he has created quite a quite a business for himself. He helps make responsible investments in various companies today, and he helps everyone basically learn what it is that they are investing in. So great, great conversation as to how all of this happened and some of the the ways that all of us can look to see where our money is being spent and how our money is being spent in the in the companies that we are investing in. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce with Robert Netsley. Our dinner table was full of cheap food prepared by a single mother, basically. Myself and my younger brother, who is autistic, 
raised by my mom from an early age, went to dad's on the weekend, but you know, the typical young single mom trying to put ends together and, you know, had a lot of bean and cheese burritos and mac and cheese going yeah. on. No, that's great. And did you, were you exposed to any type of entrepreneurialism early on in, in your life, whether that be from, you know, another, uh, you know, another outside influence or, you know, ideas that you might've come up with? Well, my mom, you know, would have been sort of entrepreneurial just in the sense that literally trying to keep ends together. So she ran a daycare while she was going to college, while she was, you know, selling things on the weekend, while she was, you know, taking care of us. And then later, you know, when I was uh, high school age, you know, she did run her own business and she had a medical billing business. Nothing too large scale though. So nothing, nothing particular large scale entrepreneurial in our, in my background. But, but you, so you, you sort of saw though, what it, what it took to, to be an entrepreneur or, or to, you know, you, you had that exposure of, you know, someone doing things their own way and, and, you know, sort of making their own, their own path, I guess you could say, even if it sure. wasn't, you know, what, yeah, I'm, I, what I, I experienced a lot of grit, you know, a lot of grit and hustle. Yeah. You know, not necessarily towards building a, a major enterprise or anything like that, but just to, you know, that's that's what was required <laughs> to get the job done and put food on the table. And uh, so that's, you know, I grew up in that kind of environment and, you know, whatever impact that had on me, I'm not sure, but. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's great. So talk a little bit about, you know, did you go to college? What, what, what happened as you were, you know, sort of progressing through you know, those, those years where you're trying to figure out what it is that you're going to do. Talk a little bit about that time of your life. Yeah. Well, I've always been a pretty independent thinker and very practically minded. Almost didn't go to college uh, because I wanted to start a martial arts school. <laughs> that was oh, my, very first, cool. <laughs> my first job was teaching martial arts and I loved it. And I did end up going to college and ended up wanting to be a teacher as uh, kind of my career. I went to school to be a fourth grade teacher. And so started on that path, ended up dropping out of college prior to my senior year. And uh, because I was selling alarms door to door on the weekend in college just to kind of, you know, make some money and ended up making like $96,000 my junior year doing that on the weekends. And which was about three times as much as teachers were making in California at the time. And uh, anyway, I just kind of started doing that full-time, just got into sales, got into business, got into some management, this, that, and the other thing, and ended up going back and getting my degree, you know, years later, finishing online. But that's, that's my, you know, academic background, <laughs> went to school to be a teacher mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of got bit by the business bug, I suppose. So, so how did you, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive that you sold that much, you know, working on the weekends. Did you, did you learn anything about yourself or any techniques or tips that you, you know, these, these certain things came naturally or, or, you know, anything that you can, you know, tell about yourself that allowed you to make it to that level? Again, you sort of just doing it on, on a part-time basis. Yeah, I hadn't, I had no experience with any sort of sales or, or hardly anything at that point in my life. And yeah, I, I'd, I'd learned a lot about myself. I have a very persevering attitude and personality. And, you know, when you're selling alarms door to door, you need a lot of that. And so just kind of, kind of fit. It was fun. You know, the people I was working with, you know, believe it or not. And 
you know, I just ended up making a decent amount of money, you know, just worked a lot, long hours. And yeah, it was part-time on the weekends, but turned out okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. So you're, you're obviously, you're, you're founder and CEO of uh, Inspire Investing. How did you get into that industry? What, what led you to that, that point? Yeah, really by accident. My worst subjects in school were math and public speaking. You know, I mean, by far the worst subjects. And now I just do math and, you know, talk to people about numbers all day long. But, uh, you know, God's leading in that really came through, again, just a, a practical need in our life. So my wife and I had been married for a couple of years, started having some kids. She and I were both heavily involved in youth ministry at the time, cobbling together different kind of ministry positions to, to pay the bills and really just doing what we were passionate about. We started having babies and, you know, the 1200 bucks a month wasn't cutting anymore <laughs> from those jobs. So I had to get back into some sort of other business. So I had gotten into the car business. Actually, I was selling Volkswagens online with a local dealership there I was managing the internet sales department and doing okay, but not something I liked doing particularly. And uh, so 2008, uh, provided a blessing in that dealership, went out of business. And so we all lost our jobs, of course. And at that point, I, I had nothing else to do. And I really just felt the Lord saying, hey, this is your chance to like do something you actually like to do and uh, kind of reinvent your personal you know, career path. So I started thinking, okay, well, what kind of jobs have a good family-friendly schedule? You know, I've got a wife, I've got some kids now, you know, I don't like working evenings and weekends. So what what could I do? And I figured, well, banks are, you know, they got good bankers hours, right? So I just applied to all these different jobs at banks on monster.com. And most of which I didn't even know the job, but just if it was at a bank, I applied for it and uh, ended up landing a job at Wells Fargo private client service in their investment division. We had no idea really what all was entailed in the position. It was called sales assistant. You know, I figured I could sell things and I could assist people. So what, <laughs> how, what could be so hard? I got the job and uh, that was my entree into the investment world and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed learning, got licensed, you know, learned the business. And from there, you know, moved into uh, positions of, as a financial advisor and, and planner, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of how I got into this industry. Got it, got it. And, and what led you to create your own your, your own company. And, and I guess two, two parts to that. What did you see was missing, you know, from that, that market and, and, you know, how did you go about starting your own company? And, and I guess, why would you start your own company? Well, really, I had no plans to do anything of the sort. I, I mean, it was really as happy as a clam working at Wells Fargo. I had a nice little drive down the coast every day to Carmel, California, down by Pebble Beach, you know, second story office looking over the, the water and like life was good, million dollar account minimums, not changing anything in that scenario. And then really by accident, I stumbled across an article online one day about something called biblically responsible investing, where you're looking at not just the financial aspect of a portfolio, but the moral aspect of a portfolio and, and what mm -hmm. kind of companies you're investing in, what are they doing to turn a profit? And it was interesting to me. So I just kind of out of curiosity, started looking into my own portfolio, my clients' portfolios, and and really, uh, this the Holy Spirit gripped my heart on this issue. My conviction just immediately was aroused because here I was, the president of our local pro-life pregnancy center at the time, and I also own three stocks of companies that are manufacturing abortion drugs, mm. and it just didn't didn't jive. Like I have these deeply held values, 
you know, the pro-life values and other values that derive from my faith. And yet I'm literally profiting from yeah. these things. And I just, I, within a couple of weeks, I just could not do my job with a clean conscience. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly, because I'd never met anybody doing what we do now. I didn't know if it was possible to invest a different way. And I thought I had to get out of the industry. So I went home, told my wife, hey, honey, here's what I found. I think the Lord's calling us somewhere else. And she said, okay, we got two babies and a mortgage. So what's the plan? And yeah, so we just started praying, asking God to lead. And was this close to going to seminary and doing some sort of you know vocational ministry work? The only other option I could think of to stay in the industry was leave the bank, start an independent firm that only did like some sort of biblical type investing which was nuts because I didn't know even the first thing about it, how to start something like that, how to, you know, I didn't have any money to start it up. I didn't have any network. I didn't have anything. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down? or figure out what is happening in your business. Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, Give Virtus Technology a call today. But as God does, he just made it abundantly clear that's exactly what he was calling me to do, uh, just unmistakably so, and uh, just cannot escape that uh, compulsion. So a couple of months later, made the incredibly frightening decision to leave the bank, left my clients there with the team I'd been with previously, mm-hmm. started over from scratch, just me and a laptop, and fully prepared never to pay my mortgage ever again in my life. <laughs> Honestly, I had less than two months of savings in the bank. Really no idea was I, what I was doing other than I, I just knew I had to be faithful to the call that God had put on my heart. Yeah. And yeah. so that's how we started right that, there. That's incredible. That, so, so there was no, no you know, big nest egg or anything like that. You just went for it and, and uh, you know, started, started, I guess, cold calling. Is that basically how you started was, was you know, calling people that you felt that might have a similar you know, feeling and, and connection to you know, your approach? I mean, and actually, did you, did you even start identifying, you know, these are the types of companies that we would invest in? Or, you know, were you doing all that research sort of at the same, at the same time? It all happened pretty quick. So yeah, I mean, I I'd found a tool, technology screening tool that, you know, gave some faith-based type scoring on companies and funds and, you know, it was enough to kind of point me in the right direction. And like, like, okay, I can build portfolios. And, you know, beyond that, I really didn't know what the response was going to be like. And yeah, I just started, you know, educating people about what I had found, letting some people in my warm network know that, Hey, I don't know if you heard, but I left the bank. I'm doing this thing, biblically responsible investing. Here's what it is. And, you know, that's pretty much it. But people had the same reaction I did. Their eyes got big and like, well, I've never thought about that before. How do I find out what's in my portfolio? How do you invest differently? What does it look like? And this practice started growing so quickly, like the Lord just blessed it. And very soon after I had to bring another advisor into the practice because it was so busy. I had no grand vision to grow any sort of 
enterprise at all. It was just going to be myself, you know, and maybe an assistant if I was very successful in my plan. Uh, but God had different plans. So this this advisor came in. Uh, one advisor led to two, led to five, led to ten, led to twenty, led to you know mentoring hundreds of Christian financial advisors around uh, the country how to implement this concept of biblically responsible investing with excellence. And it just honestly, the Lord just blew us away. It was obvious that He is at work in the hearts and minds of His people and uh, opening our eyes to you know this this problem and also this opportunity to really uh, align our finances to support our deeply held values. And, you know, that's, that's just kind of, we've been trying to keep up ever since that was uh, about 10 years ago when I left the bank and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. What, what are, so what is your approach to identifying opportunities that you would consider, you know, putting your clients investments into, how do you, how do you identify those types of companies? Well, it's, it's come a long way since, since 10 years ago, for sure. We've invested heavily into our own technology that uses machine learning, artificial intelligence to screen literally millions of data points daily on, uh, you know, from annual reports, news blips, you know, you name it, to identify, you know, both positive and negative items related to environmental, social, and governance issues with a particular emphasis on a faith-based approach. So, you know, we have negative screens for things like abortion, pornography, human trafficking, et cetera, as we all, we all have also have positive screens. So how well a company is stewarding the environment, how well they're treating their employees, you know, are they giving back to their communities? What's their corporate governance like? And it boils down to what we call the Inspire Impact Score, where a company is scored from a negative 100 to positive 100, depending on how good or bad they're doing in these areas. If they have any exposure to those negative items, they're always going to have a score less than zero. So a negative yeah. score, and we don't invest in those companies. And then the companies that don't have any exposure to the, the those negative items, we then add positive points. And the more good they're doing, the higher their score is. And we look, you know, really at those highest scoring companies to build our portfolios. And uh, again, this, this approach as we were developing it, we weren't sure what was going to happen, if these companies were going to do better or not, or whatever, you know, financially, but it turns out these higher scoring companies have tended to actually perform better than the, you know, than, you know, just the, the broad stock market. So, you know, it, it's done very well. We went from basically $0 five years ago when we started Inspire Investing. So there's a little bit of a story there. We, we had this independent practice with advisors, but the, the, the industry just grew to the point where we needed to launch an asset management company to support and provide products to all these financial advisors. Yeah. So that's where Inspire came from. And then through that process, we, we developed our impact score methodology. We launched a couple of exchange traded funds on the uh, New York Stock Exchange in 2017. And, uh, you know, that was really kind of when things got really interesting. The next day we were in the front page of the New York Times and the business section. And like, we don't have a PR team, you know, and then I, they just, I don't even know how they heard about us. And then Fox News is calling and then we're in Bloomberg and we're on Wall Street Journal and we're this and that. And the other thing, hundreds of articles coming out about these crazy Christian people in the financial industry launching biblically responsible investment products. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we went from zero to we had about 40 million that we were managing in uh, early 2017 prior to launching those ETFs. Then in, you know, 2019, we had about 250 million January 2020, we started with 634 million. Wow. And then just this January, we got $1.3 billion under management 
wow. um, ranked the third fastest growing investment firm in the country, made the Inc. 5000 list last summer and all glory to God, because again, I had no plans to do this and, and we've just been keeping up with what he's doing in the, yeah. in the market. Yeah, very, very impressive. So I, I've heard the term impact investing. We've we've sort of dabbled with it, I guess. But are there any specific industries that you seem to, you know, gravitate more toward, or there's there's the the, the a, a type of industry that seems to check off a lot of the boxes that you typically look for? Is there is there anything that sort of stands out in your mind there? Um, most of our investments are index based, so they're kind of broad based by nature. So we'll look at a you know broad index, and there isn't really any particular industry that tends to be overweighted or underweighted relative to just the broad index. You know, so the the proportions are relatively similar. Now, when we look at you know particular particular industries with maybe higher scoring companies on the whole, you know, biotech is one space that just has a lot of inspiring quality work, you know, mm-hmm. and companies that are just, you know, they're working to cure cancer or they're, they've got just incredibly beneficial you know, products and services they're working on that, that are literally, literally changing people's lives in just crazy kind of ways, you know, that seems like science fiction to us, but it's, you know, it's real kind of work. And a lot of those companies are smaller, you know, micro cap or small cap companies. So certain of our portfolios that do focus on those kind of areas have some really inspiring stories of companies, but, but even, you know, toothpaste manufacturers can do a good job Mm -hmm. uh, in blessing their customers, blessing their communities, operating with ethics and integrity. So it really is across the board is looking for companies that are well-run that are seeking to be businesses of blessing and and whatever sphere they find themselves and investing in those firms. Interesting. And, And I'm assuming that all of the firms that you invest in are all publicly available companies. You don't do any like private investments or anything like that. Correct. All publicly traded. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is really interesting. I'm kind of going through your, your exact path and, you know, I, I've got quite a few different stocks and I don't know, you know, I don't know what types of things that they are doing or making or really, really an interesting path that, that you've, uh, that you've opened up. What, what's next for you guys? Do you have any, any other big plans or anything that you guys are, are looking to create next? Yeah, uh, this year is our, we, we've dubbed it the year of stewardship. So um, we've grown so fast, you know, we've had to put duct tape and bailing wire, you know, here and there in the organization, as you might imagine. And so we're in process of, you know, replacing that with more formidable uh, infrastructure this year. So we're not really focused on growth, though we're still growing very quickly, but really where our emphasis is 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 on the the infrastructure you know upgrading our systems upgrading our staff and organizational capacity Mm -hmm. Uh, because there's there's a parable uh, that jesus told in the bible the 10 talents and there's the story goes there's a master and he's got three servants Uh, he's going on a long journey and he gives each three of the three servants different amounts of money according to their ability some to when he gives five when he gives two when he gives one talent which is a unit of money back then and expects them to manage it for his you know, benefit. And he comes back and rewards those who do well and punishes those who, who uh, basically were lazy and wicked with the money. And so in that story, you know, the master looks at these servants and says, you know, he, he knows what they're able to manage and gives to each according to their ability. So this year, we're really focusing on increasing our ability to manage even more for his glory and, uh, and do a good job at it. So uh, whether we grow a lot this year or not is not the point, but when we start next year, 
we want our Lord to be able to look at our company and our customers to look at our company and say, you know, they can be entrusted not with 1.3 billion, but with, you know, 10.3 billion mm-hmm. and be ready to really scale that growth. So, so a lot of internal developments that wouldn't really be noticeable from the, from outside, we'll probably launch a couple more ETFs this year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, God willing, our assets under management will grow. Our technology, we've continued to upgrade. And so, you know, one, one piece that would be interesting for your listeners would be our Inspire Insight technology. So inspireinsight.com. As you mentioned, you know, when people are first hearing about this concept, it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder what's going on in my portfolio. Yeah. And until we launched this, this tool, inspireinsight.com, nobody could really find out unless you could go, you know, you have to find an advisor who has some sort of technology and maybe, you know, maybe they got good information. But inspireinsight.com, you can go there for free any day, any time of the day, type in your ticket symbols of stocks, mutual funds, or ETFs, and get a full report for free, wow. anonymous, of all the good, the bad, and the ugly that's going on from a, a values-based perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you can register for free, and you can do you know, your own personal screening and like customize your screening parameters and all that sort of thing so that you know, for the first time ever, investors can find out you know, directly what is going on inside their portfolio and get that transparency. So yeah. we've made some incremental adjustments to that and are, are planning to roll that out in a bigger way this year, but it's available right now, inspireinsight.com. That, that's amazing. So how do you how do you guys go about finding some of that information? Is it all publicly available and, and you guys are essentially just scraping, you know, each one of the, the ticker symbols websites that are associated with it and, and looking for certain keywords or how, how do you how do you organize that? There are a lot of different data feeds that come into it. So th- these days, there's a lot of larger institutions that aggregate some of the data that we need, you know, basic data, like is a company in the alcohol industry or gambling industry, you know, things like that, that are kind of broadly available. So we u- utilize some of that. We also couple that in with 26 categories of, uh, it's called the, the sustainability accounting standards board, 26 materiality categories. It's all very big mouthful, but <laughs> there's a lot of data regarding environmental, social, and corporate governance practices, again, that we can get from, from large existing databases. And then we just bring those in and interpret them according to you know faith-based uh, views, biblical views. Uh, then we supplement that data with our own research surrounding more specific categories like like issues of bioethics and abortion and stem, uh, embryonic stem cells and LGBT type issues that are very nuanced for us. You know, we encourage companies to be a blessing to all their employees, no matter who they are. But then there's a line that can be crossed where they take sides in a social debate or at, you know, advocate legislation that, you know, may support, you know, gay marriage, but also oppose, you know, those with more traditional views on marriage. So things like that, that we, that are more nuanced that we uh, supplement the data set with um, and then pipe it all together in this massive algorithm. So you can just type a ticker symbol in and get all the results super easy. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to go on and play with that. So again, I'm curious to see where, you know, where, where I'm investing. And like I said, that was uh, that was a brilliant, brilliant idea that you had 10 years ago or so. If, if people want to learn more about your company, would that be the best place to go? Or are there other, other uh, assets that you'd suggest that they check out as well? Yeah, the, the best launching point, if you just want to learn about our company and all the products and services and divisions and everything that we've got going on, our thought, con- thought leadership content, blogs, articles, research papers, you go to inspireinvesting.com. 
So inspireinvesting.com is our primary website. And then that's, you know, if you're looking for our technology, you can link out from there. If you're looking for a Christian financial advisor to work with, you can link out from there. You want to learn more about our ETFs, you can link out from there. But inspireinvesting.com is the main spot. Love it. I love it. Robert, this has been fantastic. Thanks for the time. And uh, I look forward to, to learning more about your company and the investments that we're all making. It's, uh, that's great. Hey, praise God. Thanks for having me on here. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.